Hey guys, my name is Cassidy Morris and I'd like to welcome you to Cassidy And. This series is a conversation about screen time and social media. Brought to you by Rosine. Let's get into it. Roxy, welcome to Cassidy Ann. Thank you. Thank you so much for supporting this conversation of screen time. It's something that I hold close to my heart because I feel like it's something we all are fighting with. Yeah, feels really important and really relevant. Yeah. What does social media mean to you? That's such a big question, eh? I feel like, um, I don't know, I guess social media is like, as most people I feel like will tell you, it's like a love-hate relationship with it. Yeah. Um, but I don't really know how to explain what it means to me. I think it's, if... Can you, can you tell me why you have social media? You, what is it, Facebook, Snapchat was kind of the, like OG social media Snapchat, platforms. Oh I know, like your best friends and yeah. stuff, like shady. Bebo, did you, did you have Bebo? And you could choose your other half. Yes. That was always a fight with friends, it you know? It was so shady, you're yeah. like... <laughs> and then you, once you got a boyfriend, you had to have your boyfriend yeah, as your, your other friend half. Had loyalties, yeah. eh? Um, but I think I have... So, I had social media kind of like why everyone else did. Mm. But especially as of late, like being in kind of like the film and fashion world, it's kind of become like a bit of a business thing. So how... Could you describe your relationship with social media? I think that I've actually had quite a positive relationship mm. with social media and I understand that that's kind of like I don't know maybe I exist in an echo chamber as I think a lot of people do mm. on social media which can be kind of dangerous but like I found it that it's like kind of given me a platform and like amplified my voice in a sense that like I didn't feel like I had in the real world especially growing up in a kind of a conservative place yeah, can yeah. you tell me a little bit about your upbringing? Um, I grew up... Well, I was born in Iran, and then my family were political refugees to New Zealand. Like, wow. Yeah, it was, so it was a bit wild, like the... I love that term, but wild. But wild, but <laughs> wild. Um, and, yeah, I, I, we left when I was about four. We went through the Pakistani border, came to New Zealand, and we were placed kind of in Nelson. Oh my god! And man, I feel like I talk so much shit about Nelson. Like I love Nelson, <laughs> I, I, but I do. I'm always like fucking Nelson. Everyone does, but then we all love it. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. Know, it's one of those places we all talk shit about, but then we're like, no, actually, Nelson's great. And it's it's beautiful and it's an amazing place. But I think, as like a, you know, a migrant or a, a refugee to New Zealand, it was quite a, you know, right into the. I don't mm. even know how to describe it. It was it was intense. It was like a very isolated place to grow yeah. up, and with a lot of conservative. Um, views held by the community wow. there and like yeah so I really um, struggled growing up in a sense. How to... old were you when you moved to Nelson? I was five I think I was wow. about just about starting school yeah so I was still really young mm. but I was old enough that I didn't like I spoke another language and I had to have this like crash course into like how to be a Kiwi kid and it was kiwi. just a Kiwi <laughs> and especially in Nelson I think like I don't know it's not a very it, especially back then it wasn't a very diverse mm. place. So. Did you always feel like once you got to New Zealand that this place is different you kind of knew what you wanted I mean you were five it's so hard to tell <laughs> but I, for some reason I just feel like talking to you you kind of knew what you wanted out of life and you're on the right track from day dot. Yeah that... maybe. <laughs> You're just like a really switched on kid. You know? Yeah, highly strong, I think, my teachers called me. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I think my, 
my parents especially, like the what they left and how much mm. they left behind, that was such a driving force for me. Like I always felt so focused and yeah. like, because you know, I think a lot of migrant kids have that experience is that they owe their families and they, they feel like they owe their parents for the sacrifice. Totally. You know, to like want to be something and make something of themselves. So I, yeah, definitely from, from a very young age, I was like very focused on wanting to get where I wanted to get. Mm. And do you think that's kind of inspired you maybe or created that strong voice that you have on social media now mm. that almost reminds you, you know, that's your why, that's your purpose yeah. on social media is to be vocal because, you know, you've, you've lived like, not like a lot of us have, yeah. you know, and you've experienced stories from your family, I can imagine. Is that why you've yeah. got this strong voice on social media? Because it is a platform for you, right? That totally. And I think I never realised, I think now more than anything, that like social activism has become such like a, mm. a big part of social media. But like, I feel like I remember my first, my first ever social activism, like oh. on social media. Well, you always first. first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, was, I was, it was almost like, I was like seven or eight years ago. I went to Thailand with my boyfriend at the time. We went to an elephant, like, oh rehabilitation thing, like the classic, you know, crap that you do. And um, I remember I, I wrote this Facebook post about, like, don't, you know, don't treat animals badly, guys. And it was like, back then, it was like one of, I felt like it was like such a bold thing to do, to write mm. about something like that on Facebook where everyone's like, like for like, or like, yeah, totally. you know? And I got a really, like, good response from that I remember and that was like oh shit so I can use this as a as a tool mm. to like express all of these like really strong values that my parents had kind of you know? yeah yeah <laughs> why is Instagram that tool why have you decided that that's going to be your place to to be vocal this sounds I don't know it sounds so self-righteous or something but I'm like <laughs> I feel like I can't even say it. Do like, it, just like, say it. Just. I feel like it chose me. <laughs> no, cut that out. I don't think so. No, we're that. using that. We're definitely using that. Okay. Um, did it just, was it from that post or did it kind of no. just happen that people started listening? Yes, And then exactly. you're like, okay, cool. So this is how Instagram's going to work for me. This yes. is kind of my position within that crazy See, Instagram I think, world. I think that I, I kind of pride myself on really trying to like, how I am on Instagram or on social media, I try and live that in my real day-to-day -day life right. as well. But Instagram became that place for me because I think, I think I found like almost a community on there. Mm. That sounds like kind of cheesy, but it was no, like, I found that what I was saying was kind of being validated by other people, like like-minded people, other people from similar backgrounds to me. So that's what empowered me to feel like I felt safer, especially like, facing so much um, racism and like quite intense discrimination growing up in my mm. real life, it felt unsafe to try and advocate and, and fight that fight in the real world sometimes because the backlash from it is so heavy. Yeah. Whereas it felt safer to do that in a place where people were willing to support me and like, and be allies and be like, yeah. Yeah, did you, experience any of that kind of community feel when you're at school or is this is Instagram or mm. social media as such Facebook whatever you want to call it 
Has that always been your safe place? Yeah, I think I think it has. I think it's been quite hard to like. Growing up, I didn't really have. Um, I don't know, like being a part of this like Iranian diaspora and just being this like being so far away from my culture and my home, mm. but yet having that in my immediate family. But as soon as I would leave my house, that all disappeared, and I didn't have any connection to that. So, I think I found definitely found safety on on social media and online. Yeah, yeah. that's a funny way to. I'm like, no, but it's amazing though because a lot of people, it's the opposite. You know, they they feel unsafe. They feel yeah. nervous. That's where kind of all their anxieties and their depression kind of stem from. It's almost mm. like a trigger. Mm. Um, would you say that there was a person, or and it doesn't even have to be like a family member or even a thing or a moment that has kind of helped amplify your voice? I do really have to credit it to my mum. I'm such a crybaby. I'm like. <laughs> Um, we can just cry yeah. together for a moment, it's okay. I think... Um, sorry. No! What's <laughs> um, Like, my mum, my, both my parents, like, I kind of feel like, especially because of why they left, everything that they loved and that... Mm. that um, everything that they had, because of... Like the whole, I guess the whole like point of them leaving was because the government was persecuting them and for their religion. Yeah. So they, I kind of almost feel like I come from a line of like martyrs or something. That that's a part. It's quite, quite ingrained into me. My mum always taught me like so heavily to, you know, to, like to to do what's right. Yeah. You know, that was such a huge part of me growing up. No matter like how hard that felt or how. Mm how hard the consequences were. And I always thought, well, shit, if, like, mum and dad could have lost their entire identity in order to do what was right and to have freedom and rights, mm. then I could surely, like, you know, tell someone that they're being a racist dick if I need to, you know? It's like, it felt such totally. like a small yeah. co in comparison. Um, do you think that you could have the same conversation with someone face-to-face -face when you're holding someone accountable mm. for their actions or something they've said? like you do on social media? Could you sit it's here and be like, Cassidy, like, <laughs> what the f yeah. are you talking about? You know? Um, because it's different. It's so different. Totally. Agreed. It's like you said, that safety thing. It's mm. like you are behind a screen and there is this like, and that's I guess goes both ways for when people are like hateful and bigoted. It's like some people can do that behind a screen, but I'm like, would you... I don't know. I, I think I'm going to say yes to that. Yeah. I, I try and hold myself accountable yeah. as well. Because I'm like, if I'm holding other people accountable, then surely I need to be holding myself accountable too. Mm -hmm. So I... And it's, that's the hardest mahi is to, like, do it in personal spaces with, yeah. like... You know, when there's not a whole bunch of people liking and being like, yes, like, I'm supporting yeah, that. Yeah, like, go, it. girl. Yeah. And, I think, you know. for me, I think about... There's been so many times when I've wanted to speak up about something and I'll kind of upload a post on my story and then yeah. I'm like looking at it and I just exit out for a minute and I just hold it there and then I kind of go back to it. But the thing that, when I think about, okay, would I actually acknowledge this if someone was sitting in front of me? Yeah. I always question, am I knowledgeable in what I'm talking about? Because I think the scariest thing is me calling you out on something, mm. as much as I hate that term, Yes. but then 
you don't have that moment to kind of sit there with whatever reaction you get back. You know, you've kind of got to be like, someone says something back to yeah. you, then I'm like, I've got to be back. Like, yes, yes, You know, yes. like you don't have that safety of kind of cool, being like, cool, I'll give it 10 minutes and I'll just think about my reaction. It's, so like, it's like, your reaction's got to be there. I find that an interesting one about like, how, who's got the license to say what, and also like, um, like informed, being mm. informed and educated on a topic. Yeah. And I, for me, I, I always just think, like, I don't know, I don't necessarily think you've got to be like a human rights lawyer to educate people about racial injustice. Totally. You could just have maybe just fucking survived racism mm. to be like, that makes me informed because this is my lived experience. Yeah. And that's what allows me to speak to this. And I think that that's, a, yeah. Does it scare you or worry you how easy it is for people to be horrible on social media, comment horrible things? Yeah. I, I feel like I've had a, I don't know, maybe, I'm feeling maybe a bit more disillusioned now, but I have had, I haven't had that very much. Mm. And again, I think it's because I have this like kind of community of people and this, you know, network that's yeah. like quite supportive and um, the people in my real day-to-day -day life are also very supportive as well of like... Of Has it always I'm, been like that though? No, not at all. Man, I've had boyfriends, I've had friends, like people, the, this is funny, like, um, and this is like kind of cringe, but I'll totally own up to it, but I downloaded the Unfollowers app, and that's a whole other thing, and oh I did gosh. it personally. I hate to think. Yeah, yeah, and it is, it's toxic, it's like being in like, it's such a toxic relationship where you like do bad things, which you know are bad, but you do them anyway. Yeah. And I downloaded that app because I noticed that when I would post or when I would speak to something that was really uncomfortable, mm. I would get, you know, and that's the thing because like I use my social media because I post photos from shoots, I post my work, I post selfies, I post funny stuff on it, mm. whatever you want to do on that platform. But at the same time, then I would also be like, oh, by the way, like, this is gnarly, look at this. And then I would lose heaps of followers. And I think, funnily enough, on the app, I saw a lot of people from me growing up from my wow. hometown like in masses like disengaging with me when I would be like that's crazy yeah which was I guess like a really yeah it really spoke to <laughs> how I yeah but my experience growing up as well and the community around me at that mm. time do you talking about call-out culture which is something I feel like was introduced to us last year mm. for you where do you draw the line on calling someone out mm or holding someone accountable for what they've said or their actions on mm. social media. Like, I feel like the line can be blurred oh, so easily. Totally. And I just have to keep reminding myself when I see something. I mean, I'm, to be honest, I've never actually called anyone out and I don't think I could because I'm just like a oh, yeah. no, it's, baby. It's but you know, where do you draw the line? I think the internet is so wild. Like, it's like the wild west. There's like no <laughs> rules. Everyone's just like, even like the pandemic kind of felt like that. Like you're just like learning as it's happening. You're just totally. like, and it's like, oh shit, okay, now we're gonna do it like this. Mm. And that's the right way to do it because there's no like history to it to like know. I mean, not that humans are good at that. It's like, look at our history as humans. Like we just keep repeating a lot of the same mistakes. Yeah. But I think with, um, I'm learning that as well. I, I like that, like the way of thinking of holding people accountable because ultimately you, when you call someone out, you kind of like, 
You want change, right? Yeah. You want something that's not that good to become better, in, in a sense. So, and I guess that cancel culture and all of that, it's like, it's really hard though, because it can feel like you're, you're calling someone out yeah. when you're just wanting to hold them accountable. But the biggest thing I've been taught is that you didn't, like someone I saw said, oh, you can't go around, like not to me, but you can't go around ruining people's lives by canceling them. And I was like, they made the choices to do the bad yeah. stuff. And it's just that now we have a platform to kind of publicly hold people more accountable mm. for that, which I think is really empowering. Um, it's, I was going to say it's quite funny, but it wasn't funny at the time. I, I received a message um, on Instagram, a good old DM, oh doubting God. my truth about something that I was actually really passionate about and something that I finally spoke up on. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know what it was that triggered me to actually be like, I'm going to speak up on it. Um, and this girl just like ridiculed me on it. And I think oh. it was more the fact that she was doubting my emotion towards this topic that was quite largely talked about that it just it broke me for days like i was i was sitting there and i was like screenshotting her messages and i was about oh, to yeah, put them on my like story and be like yeah. come at me like, get my community <laughs> around me you know <laughs> like what yeah. and then i just had to remind myself like am i am i doing like is that me calling someone out like is she just holding me accountable for something she might not think i'm you know, I've never expressed my emotion on social media that much, and it was probably in the last year that I finally decided, like, what have I got to lose, mm. you know? Um, I guess it's like that whole topic of, like... But, like, how can someone have so much power over how you feel a complete stranger? Yeah, that's it, and it's like, uh, um, you, like, pick up your phone, and, like, one message on the screen can, like, change your entire, like, mental well-being. Mm. And that's the real danger of it. Like, I know I've kind of been talking about social media in like quite like a positive way, but I'm totally aware that it's a really like, it's really nuanced like and a complicated mm. tool and platform because like as much as there's like some really amazing benefits to it that like have created some like huge social change or like facilitated social change, it's really, it's like about setting boundaries with it, eh? Mm. It's like, you know, it's, yeah, like, it's almost like, I, I do look at it like kind of like a toxic relationship sometimes where you're like, I need to set boundaries with you of, like, how much power I'm going to give you. But it's hard when, so, yeah. How do you kind of build up, and it's, this is something I feel like I need to take notes on, mm. but how do you build up that shield to kind of know your own truth and be like, no, you know what, not everyone's going to believe what I say or not everyone's going to support mm. what I say. A little bit of it is like trusting your instincts, yeah. I think. Like so, when you know something's a key or not right, you feel it. Mm. Like, you know, not you don't necessarily have to say it or vocalise it every time, but you know. And I, I it's hard because I've had to question myself about performativeness. Mm. Everyone should. Like with social media, there is a performative action or like aspect, sorry, like to posting and to being an activist online in this public way. And that's, I think, it's just about kind of like being honest with yourself about your intentions. Yeah. Like, why am I doing this? And is it because I'm doing this because I want to show support for this thing? Or like, am I doing this because there's some sort of like gain for me out of it? And I think there's a gain, totally. It's like, you're like able to be like, look at me, I'm a good person. Yeah. And, and that's like... I care, guys. Yeah, I, I care. care. Like, I'm a good person, look at me. But at the same time, I think it's better to be 
a good person and show that and be public about that than not, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, now, there was quite a big conversation last year that was had, and mm. I, I would even call it, well, well, it was a movement, but, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, I found that was a conversation I felt like you really showed up for, mm. which I really loved watching. Mm. Um, why? Why did you show up for that? Again, that performative thing, I had to kind of grapple with, like, we were talking about, I guess, like, white supremacy or, like, racism on a in an umbrella way, mm -hmm. but it wasn't about, like, because that's, I empathised with that so much because I felt like that had, like, that had affected my life here so heavily. Yeah. But in, in, in that moment, it wasn't necessarily about me. And I think I really appreciated that it, I feel like a lot of people engaged with Black Lives Matter in, in a way that I haven't ever seen before. Yeah. And it kind of was similar to, and if we're putting it to scale, like again, when we had the, the terror attacks, it was similar in that sense that a, it was a very like, and even that was global too, like the, yeah. the outpouring of support. And I think um, I got to a point though, because, because of the terror attacks and I saw that sort of reaction to it online, and then when Black Lives Matter happened, I wanted people to not only show like their solidarity with it, but I wanted it to be like actionable and like a pragmatic. Mm. I'm be like, okay, so you're against racism, but what are you going to do about it now? Because yeah. it's just not enough anymore just to say that. Like, what are, what are the steps you're going to actually take? Um, yeah. And I feel like <laughs> those conversations that you had. Yeah. Let's let's talk about them. I mean, feel <laughs> name what you want to name. <laughs> Don't name what you don't want to name, but I just think those they're vital conversations, and I think... It was so scary. I was, like, shitting myself. I was, like, sitting there, like, man, like... But, but I think the, the best feeling about that, and about even this year, was I lost, like, all... I was just, like, I've got nothing to lose. Like, yeah. this... Like, the world is in, on fire, mm. you know? So it really felt like this quite liberating thing of being, like, I'm going to just, like say what needs to be said, do what needs to be done, and like, yeah, and there's obviously like consequences to that, which, yeah. which suck, but I, I just got, I think, again, it was like, it was such a tornado of things that, like a snowball, right, and it was all a bit of a chaotic time, but I just saw that like Blackout Tuesday when everyone was posting black squares, yeah. and I saw a lot of, um, people from the black community being like, this isn't that helpful. And there was like so much, it was such a complicated and- Honestly, like even me, I was like, do I post a square? Yeah. Do I not post a square? Like, am I being seen as not being a part of the movement? If I don't, am yeah. I just lo looking at that I don't support it? Totally. Um, it was so complicated because you think, and I even, I even um, didn't know like where to look for the right answer sometimes. Yeah. But, I found that, like, especially, I guess, I'm very kind of quite new to the fashion industry, and I found that there was definitely brands that they necessarily weren't. It was that was the, it was the performative thing. Like yeah. there was brands that. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you want to name it? <laughs> Not really. Because <laughs> that's the thing is I like I want. Because it's not just them. Totally. That's yeah. the thing. It's not like singling out a certain one person, but that was, I guess, a way to like 
it was like an example. Mm. And that was like, when even when I posted it, I remember like I blocked out all the models' faces because I'm like, I would hate, and I've talked to people about this, like there's also been another recent one with a certain <clears throat> lingerie company that's like been talked about. Right. And the models were going, this is shit for me because this is my work. Like yeah. I'm not the brand and mm. like this was my work, but my face was like associated with that. Yeah. yeah. Can you? So, can you describe kind of what you did so that we can get an understanding? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Speaking in code. Yeah, and I... don't and do you don't mention the brands. You just yeah. how it all started was a, a, a acquaintance of mine posted a black square, and I private messaged her and I said, "Hey, I just want to you know ask you that you're supporting Black Lives Matter and mm -hmm. what that means here at home as well." But you used to work for this brand and were kind of involved with a lot of their casting and you've, I never saw any diverse models used yeah. in there or any coloured models at all really used in their campaigns. So can you speak to that? And then the feedback I got was, well, it was really hard for me to, to do that. It was like quite, um, the brand didn't really want to do that. They said it wasn't on brand for them to do that. So then. That gave me a bit of gusto to be yeah. like, okay, so, it's, so there's obviously racism involved here. And I went on to the brand page and they'd posted one black square, but the rest of their feed was white. Yeah. And I commented on the post and just said, hey, cool to see the support, but what are you actually going to do to support mm. this? Because I don't see any BIPOC being represented within your brand at all. And they deleted my comment. I just think, like, <laughs> how amazing is that, though? Because I think that's how we need to do it, is ask a question. Don't come at someone and be like, yeah. you know, you guys are idiots. Why would you post that? It's like you simply just asked a question. Yeah. Were you worried when talking about the Black Lives Matter conversation and movement that, you know, you were going to screw up with some of the brands you're working with or, oh, yeah. you know, offend people or kind of almost put your career in a rocky place. Yeah. Because it's scary. Oh, totally. And it's such a small place. Everyone, like, everyone's connected somehow. I was like, fuck, is anyone I know, like, is anyone's, like, mum own this? Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, totally. Like, um, I, I definitely felt like that. And I saw, I feel like I saw repercussions from it. I'm not even going to lie. I definitely feel like I saw... It was hard. It was a real moment for me of being like, what... What, where do my values lie and what's yeah. important to me? And it's so easy, I think, to like, to, to not do the right thing because, and, and I'm like, being like a woman of colour, it's already hard enough for me to get work, to, to like be on an even playing field in the yeah. industry. So by pissing people off, it's gonna really like, it's not gonna help me, but it really felt like there was way too much at stake to to give a shit about that. Yeah. So yeah, and I definitely felt like there was um, a shift in attitude and maybe people, yeah, towards me for a little bit. And, and... Do you think that was your pivoting point of being like, okay, cool, I've, I've now committed yeah. to this, you know, <laughs> yeah. this is exactly my road yeah. that I'm gonna take on social media. Um, and so from going forward, you kind of know who you are within that social media aspect and surely nothing else can scare you. I feel like that was yeah. such a strong conversation. Totally. That, and that was like the anxiety and it's like what you talk about is like, I felt so oh. anxious. You know that feeling where you're just like, you almost have to like turn your phone off for a bit and I was getting so many messages and a lot of them were really supportive but then there was some like, 
Yeah, it was intense. It was mm. so intense. And I think you're right. It was it was a pivotal moment of being yeah. like, I've committed. And I've all, but but also I've always kind of been like that. Yeah. It was just the first time that kind of it went to a bigger scale, and there was yeah. like it was more public. It felt like and more publicised. <laughs> What influence are you going to let social media have either on, on your personal life, on your career? I'm really trying to... And I think everyone's kind of collectively starting to understand social media more and, like, set boundaries with it mm. a little bit more. And there's, like... And even things like the... You know, the Digital Harms Act is a thing. And, like, the... What is the advertising guide? Things yeah. have come out, like... Hashtag ad. Honestly, the things that people have ripped me out on. I feel like <laughs> apparently you can't do hashtag gifted. That's not a thing. It's hashtag ad. Always, really? Always. I'm like, I'm technically not getting paid for this though. So, so is it that? That, I'm yeah. like, mm, that one's debatable. <laughs> and that's the thing, there's like no rules and now rules are being made. But yeah. I'm I I think I'm kind of leaning more towards not taking myself so seriously and not taking social media so seriously. I love using it as a tool. Yeah. But it's also about like doing the exact same mahi in your real day to day. Coming back to the sole reason why you have Instagram, mm. what would you say your purpose is? There's a couple, I guess. Mm. But the one that's quite um, a driving force is I want to change things, culture, mm. society, whatever, to a point where hopefully people from my background won't have to experience the traumas that I did growing up. And that's really important to me. Mm. Um, whether that be having, the, you know, being the role model I never had, or being, you know, having, representing what I need to represent in film, fashion, media, yeah. But I think the biggest part of it is just to chat to, it, maybe to educate people. And I like to do that because I'm a very heart on sleeve, mm. open person to do that by trying to teach people empathy, maybe. I feel like we've seen in the past, God, it could be two years, you know, social media change from a place of vanity and self-obsession mm. to a place where there's conversations. It's more about connection and, like you say, education. Where do you think Instagram, or what do you, what do you think Instagram will look like in the next five years? I think like every platform kind of has its time, mm -hmm. you know? And like even now, like, yeah, Instagram's maybe more of my safe place right now, but when I go yeah. back on Facebook, I see all the gnarly stuff I don't want to be seeing. Yeah. But I think I'm low-key. I, I love Gen Z. I'm all about that TikTok generation. I feel like, and I, I really have hope for the next generation. So I think Instagram's gonna maybe, maybe become a little bit outdated almost, or maybe, yeah either go back to being used for that mm -hmm. purpose or be a platform for activism and social change. And I think things like TikTok, which I'm such a fan of. Right, are, you a, are you a dancer? <laughs> no, I just love, like, Do I'm you know a, dance? a lurker. No. I was going to say. Like, I don't know, like, eh, nah, nah. <laughs> I'm so, I, feel, I feel old when I try to do it, and I'm yeah. like, I'm not even... Um, but I just love TikTok. I love going on it. That's like even a more intense version of yeah. that community thing. So yeah, I think Instagram's gonna 
maybe phase out, but or not, I don't know. I really actually can't answer that question. That's really interesting. Well, Roxy, thank you so much. I love you and I appreciate you being on Cassidy and Ralph first series. Yay, appreciate it. Thanks for listening in to Cassidy and and our first series on all things screen time and social media. This podcast was made with support from Razine. See you next time.